Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Acts, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We can safely conclude, I'm telling you all this, there's a method to my madness, stay with me. I'm telling you all this to tell you something. As I was reading this and comparing Acts 16, so as I'm reading now Acts 16, because we've gone over Acts 16, and I'm reading this, and I'm going, well, that sounds like Acts 16. So I compared the two together, and I see that there's one day, and then there's five days. It started to occur to me that this somewhat represents the Christian pilgrimage. And this represents the Christian journey. I don't know about you, but... If you've been a Christian for more than a week, you probably know that sometime in the Christian life is smooth sailing. And sometime in the Christian life, there's a lot of tacking going on. You understand? Say amen. There is a lot of tumultuous seas. Yesterday, I'm in the barbershop. Y'all can see I grew a little bit of hair. And uh, I went to the barbershop yesterday. And... uh, you know, I, I never go to the barbershop at 2 o'clock. It's about two, 1, 2 o'clock. And I, I never go to the barbershop at 2 o'clock because it's always very, very crowded. And I like to get in and get out. So I go to the barbershop about 6 a.m. My barber shows up at 5.30. Some of y'all are like, ooh, man, I'm up with God. I mean, God's up at that time. And uh, so I went to the barber yesterday about, you know, 1 or 2 o'clock. I'm sitting in the chair, and I uh, just kind of reading my Bible and just, you know, and it's pretty crowded. I'm sitting right next to this one guy and it's pretty crowded. We're sitting, you know, arm to arm. And, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, I haven't preached in a while. I got to find somebody to preach to. So, you know, I look over at the guy. I'm reading my Bible, you know, and I, I look over at the guy. And I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? Yeah. I'm reading my Bible again. I looked over again, you know, I'm thinking, man, I got to share the Lord with this guy. So I look over at him and say, hey, and I ain't know what to say. I mean, the biggest part of sharing the Lord is just kind of jumping in because you really don't know what to say. Am I alone but that? Okay. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, oh, you know, so I just said, I looked over. And I said, hey, uh, you ever read the Bible? They know what else to say. You know what I mean? I was like, how else do I get in there? You know, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know, you know, just kind of jump, you know, like jump in there. You know, I'm like, hey, I said, uh, you ever read the Bible? And he goes, well, yeah, 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 I'll go to church. And, and I said, well, you know, I'm not really asking you to go to church. I'm asking you to read the Bible. And, and the guy just began to open up. Now, here we're in this crowded barbershop. The guy just began to open up, and he started telling me that he was raised in a Christian home. His father was in ministry. His mother was in ministry. And the hypocrisy that he saw in the home as it relates to going to church, he said that he said to himself at some age, when I get of age where I don't have to go to church, I won't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites just like mom and dad. Parents, listen. Having a double life at church 
and at home is hurting your children. Don't say amen too loud, but it's still true. It's hurting your children. You need to have the same life at home. And this guy began to share with me and I began to and he began to share with me because he knew so much about church and, you know, the Bible that now he was having this struggle within to live a consistent Christian life. And he said his Christian life was like this. It was tumultuous seas for him. And I began to share with him that God wants your life to be smooth sailing and that don't be alarmed because in the Christian life, listen, perhaps this is a word for someone today in the Christian life. Sometime there are tumultuous seas. Sometime it is troubled waters. But you can know this. Listen, you can know this, that even in your troubled waters, God will still get you where you need to be. Take Jonah, for example. Don't you remember the story? Jonah was in the belly of the fish. Remember? Tumultuous, to say the least. And remember the the whale barfed him up on the beach? I love that sermon. It was the title of my sermon, Barfed Up on the Beach. You ought to pick that up. It'll gross you out. It's a great sermon. And the whale barfed him up on the beach. And, I mean, it's true. Read your Bible. And, 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 and remember, remember that even in the tumultuous seas, even in Jonah's disobedience, God still got him to the place that God had called him. Even though Jonah was out of the will of God, God still. That's why we sing, forever you are faithful. Forever you are strong. We don't sing forever I'm faithful. Oh, y'all need to wake up and say amen. Amen. We don't sing forever I'm strong. I was sharing with that guy. I said, listen, you are not strong. You and your flesh cannot conquer your flesh. He was talking about he had struggles in the desires of his flesh. We never got into details. But I said, you and yourself, you're not strong. God is strong. God is faithful. And I told him, in order to get victory over your flesh, you've got to get in this thing called the B-I-B-L-E, the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> Amen. That's the word. You got to get into the Bible. And I told him, I said, listen, until you get into the word of God, you're never going to get victory over your flesh. Because the, the word of God is what strengthens you. As I shared with him, Second Peter, it talks about as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you might grow thereby. In other words, you can't grow unless you take the time to get in the word. Well, needless to say, the barbershop was dead silent. <laughs> and my barber, he looks at me, he goes, it's, uh, it's your turn. And I said, oh, no, let somebody else go, man. I'm on a preaching roll here. I ain't preaching a while. I got, I'm just like, I'm going at it, man. You know, I let a couple people go by. I'd never do that. Never do. And I had a great time in sharing the Lord. And then after I got my hair cut, I went out to the car and I had a bunch of stray CDs. You know, how you just collect them and they're all in your car. And I went out in the car and I grabbed a bunch of CDs and, and I took them back into them. And I said, hey, listen to these. And I don't really know. I know they were CDs of teachings that I've done, but I didn't really have anything specific. But what I prayed as I handed him those CDs, I prayed, Lord, one of these CDs is going to be something 
that's going to change his life. And I don't know which one. And quite honestly, I don't care. God, I know that you are faithful. The Christian life sometimes is troubled waters. And the Christian life sometimes is smooth sailing. But it's in those troubled waters, in this Christian thing, this Christian pilgrimage, this Christian journey, that causes us to appreciate the smooth sailing. (laughs) Amen, saints? It's almost like the valleys give you appreciation for when you're on the mountaintop. And sometimes... You just got to tack with the spirit. Amen. Amen. Don't give up. You just got to go in and out and keep on seeking God and keep on moving in the direction toward the Lord. So they make this trip. They make this journey. Notice in verse seven. Hang where the time goes. Look at chapter 20 in verse seven. Look at verse seven. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now, on the first day of the week, underline that in your neighbor's Bible. Go ahead, I'll wait. On the first day of the week, very important, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Boy, I love this text. And there were many lamps in the upper room where they were gathered together. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus who was sinking into a deep sleep, much like some of you guys. He was overcome by sleep, and he couldn't hold on. Oh, y'all can relate. He was overcome by sleep, and as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. By the way, Eutychus, his name means fortunate. He was fortunate that Paul was there because notice Paul went down, fell on him and embracing him, said, do not trouble yourselves for his life is in him. Now, when he had come up and had broken bread, they gave him something to eat. And Paul noticed this here, talked a long while. Are y'all getting this? (laughs) Paul preached this poor man to death. Are you with me? Say amen. The man preached him to death. He goes down, lays on him, revives him, gives him something to eat, and starts preaching again. Paul, something else ain't missed a beat, man. Notice, so he just starts preaching. He talked a long while, even after that, even till daybreak, he departed. And they brought the young man in alive and they were not a little comforted. In other words, they were very excited. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. I don't have much time. So we're going to go a little bit quicker. You want to notice in your Bibles in verse seven, it says now on the first day of the week, saints, listen close. The first day of the week is Sunday. We know that the early church met for prayer, communion, the love feast and Bible study on Sunday, not Saturday. They met on Sunday, not the Sabbath. Now, I tell you that to tell you this. Many people, there are some people out there who will tell you that if you don't meet on the Sabbath, that you're in sin. 
that even they'll go as far as to say, if you don't meet on the Sabbath, that you're going to hell. I have heard this. Listen, the early church met on Sunday and they met for two reasons, by the way, saints, if you're taking notes. Number one, for commemoration, for commemoration. In other words, they got together to commemorate or to remember the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which occurred on what day of the week? Thank you. Not only did they gather for commemoration, but they also gathered for celebration because it was Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit fell on the church, according to church tradition. Pentecost Sunday. So the early church met on Sunday for commemoration and celebration. They did not meet on Saturday. Now, in all fairness, let me say this here. Initially, they did meet on Saturday, but they gradually switched from centering their services from the Sabbath day to the Lord's day, which is Sunday. Listen, for the Christian, nowhere in scripture is the Christian commanded to meet on the Sabbath. The Sabbath day's rest was a time, a covenant between Israel and God. It was not a covenant between God and the church. The church, the early church, met for worship on Sunday. So when they tell me, they'll say, well, you know, you need to meet and you need to worship on Sunday. I tell them, look, I agree with that. Don't misunderstand me. I agree on Saturday. I agree. We need to worship on Saturday. I like to worship on Saturday, but I also like to worship on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. Say amen, saints, and Wednesday and every day. And whatever day I choose to worship God, the important thing is to worship God. Well, what do you mean, Rodney? Well, Romans chapter 14, perhaps you know this verse. It says one person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. But let each be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. So whatever day you choose, I have no problem with people worshiping on Saturday. Just don't tell me I have to worship on Saturday because the scriptures do not teach that. And by the way, people who want to keep the Sabbath day rest and keep the Sabbath, they don't fully keep the Sabbath themselves. Because if they did, according to Sabbath law, if you are going to be a Sabbath keeper, then you need to work six days a week and not five. Now, I don't know many of them are saying I, I got to go back to work on the sixth day. Do you No. every seven year, according to the Sabbath, every seven years, you have to let poor people gather from your fields. We don't have any fields. I don't. Every 50th year, get this. You have to forgive all debts. So if someone owes you money, you have to forgive their debt debt in the 50th year. Well, I say borrow money from them in the 49th year. Amen. Year 50. Hey, I don't owe you nothing, man. Hey, you hey, you a Sabbath keeper. You see, they don't keep the Sabbath themselves. According to the scriptures, we're to worship God all day, every day. That's why I named my bed the word. I named my bed the word. So when people call me at two o'clock in the morning, I can just say to them, say, hey, what you doing? I go, I'm in the word. 
Man, you're in the word, man. Man, you really are a worshiper all the time, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I'm in the word, man. I mean, we're to worship God all the time, all the time, every day, all day. Amen, saints? Now, according to verses 7 through 12, what we have here, if you're taking notes, we have the first recorded story of someone falling asleep in church. And should I say there have been thousands of successors in the years to follow. Now get the scene. On the first day of the week, it's Sunday, when the people came together for church. Obviously, Paul started preaching during the day, and he preached till midnight. Obviously, it was a long day. This guy named Eutychus, we don't really know how old he was. He could have been older gentleman and maybe came from work because they didn't have Sunday off in those days. So maybe he came from work and he was tired. Maybe he came from school and he was tired. He comes into the church. The church is packed. Eutychus has to move his seat. Maybe an old lady came down to the front and there was no other seats. And he gave up his seat and he goes up to the third level and finds that there's no seats up there either. And so he finds a seat in the window. And, and, and the Bible tells us in verse 8 that there were many lamps. Now understand something. In those days they didn't have GEs. They had candles. And candles suck the oxygen out of the room. And so he's sitting there in the window. It's a packed house. He's tired. He can't breathe. He gets sleepy. He's trying to hold his head up. He's probably bobbing back and forth. Oh, you know how you do in church. You know, pastor's going long. Don't say amen. And you start going. Knocked out. And you know you are really asleep. When you kind of come up and you kind of come to and you start doing this. That's disgusting. You are too sleep. Sorry. You are too sleep when you start doing. I'll never forget one time. I'll tell you this here quickly. One time I, 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 I was preaching, uh, preaching my heart out, I'm preaching my heart out. And, and, and I look out in the audience, and I see this guy, and he is literally, like, knocked out. I mean, I'm sweating I'm preaching so hard. This guy is knocked out. And, and, and I want to say, would somebody slap him? But I didn't say that because I'm a nice guy. And so he's knocked out. I'm looking, and I'm, I'm like, he's just knocked out. I'm preaching my heart out here. All of a sudden, I said something, and he literally just sat up like nothing happened. He goes, oh, amen, pastor, Amen. I said, wait a minute, you ain't hear a word I said. What are you saying amen to? It just knocked out. Listen, I, and you can always tell because people who's, you know, the interesting thing about church is people, you ever notice the back always fills up quickest? Have you ever noticed that people are reluctant to sit in the front? I think largely because people want to sleep. I really think so. And I say this here, look, if you're going to sleep in church, please, by all means, don't fake it. You know, don't, don't, don't even try to stay awake. If you're going to sleep, then just sleep. Pull out your pillow and your blanket and just, just get right in the aisle. Just cover up. I can respect that. You know, it was, it was Spurgeon. You guys know I read a lot of Spurgeon. And listen to this. Spurgeon said this. Listen, Spurgeon was against Sunday afternoon service because he said, Sunday afternoon, people are too filled with beef and unbelief. That's very true. The Puritans, did you know, the Puritans in their church services, when you came to church, like here, the ushers, when you're an usher here, you get a name badge and, you know, we hand you a name badge. The Puritans, the ushers got sticks with pointy ends on them. 
Now, I say we go to this. I like that. We give out sticks to the ushers, and when they see somebody sleeping, they just poke them, man. You know, true story. Listen to this. There was a man who went to church with his wife, and, and this man always fell asleep during the service. So the wife decided to do something about it. And so one Sunday, she took a long hat pin with her, and, and she wanted to use it to poke him every time he dozed off. So as the preacher got to the part in the sermon where he asked, and who created the universe in six days and rested on the seventh? And she poked her husband who came flying out of the pew and screamed, good God almighty. And the preacher goes, that's right, brother. That's right. God almighty. Listen, listen to this one. Listen to this one. Since since y'all came in third service, I'm going to give you an extra one. All right, here you go. Here you go. A man liked to sleep frequently in church, so the pastor devised a plan. During one service, the pastor asked his congregation while the man was sleeping, all who want to go to heaven, please rise. Well, everyone stood up except the sleeper. And then at the top of his voice, he bellowed, and all who wish to go to hell, stand up now. Well, only the sleeper stood up. Well, the sleeper looked around and said, I don't know what we're voting on, Reverend, but it looks like you or me are the only ones for it. (laughs) Paul, I got to wrap it up. Paul was long preaching. And as I said, he preached literally this man, Eutychus, to death. Eutychus fell out the window. He was dead. The Bible tells us that Paul went down and fell on him and embraced him. Here's some homework. First Kings chapter 17. Remember, Elijah fell on the widow's son. And it says the soul of the child came back to him and revived. Second Kings chapter four, Elisha lays on the boy, mouth on his mouth, eyes on his eyes, hands on his hands. And the child came back to life. And we see here. Paul doing the same thing. He throws himself on Eutychus and he said, don't trouble yourself. Stop crying. Paul says his life is within him and everyone was excited. And Paul got everything all settled down. As I said, he got right back to preaching. Look at verse 13 through 16 as I just read it. I'll say amen and wrap it up. Look at verse 13. Then we went ahead to the ship. And we sailed to Asos, and there intending to take Paul on board, for so he had given orders, intending himself to go on foot. And when he met us at Asos, we took him on board, and we came to Mytilene. And we sailed from there, and the next day we came opposite Chios. And the following day we arrived at Samos and stayed at Trigilium. And the next day we came to Miletus. But Paul had decided in verse 16 to sail past Ephesus because he knew if he went to Ephesus, he'd never get out of there. So he decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hurrying to be where, saints? At Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. One of the things, one of the many things I like about Paul is that Paul was a man who would just flow in the spirit. Paul realized he couldn't get to Jerusalem by the Passover. And it doesn't say he freaked out. It doesn't say he went crazy because he couldn't do what he thought he needed to do. It says that when he couldn't get there for Passover, that he decided to just make it there 
by Pentecost. And I like that because Paul was flexible. Saints, we need to be flexible. Amen? And somebody once said, Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not be broken. And that's so true. The Christian life is really about flexibility. The Christian life is about being led by the Holy Spirit. You know, so often we have our thing and we're wanting to do our thing. But this Christian life is about saying, God, what do you want from me today? And if God doesn't want you to go in a certain place, let him lead you there. If God wants you to share with someone, take that opportunity. You know, take the opportunity to share. And look, even if you, you know, again, sharing has everything to do with how you start. I don't know about you, but I've always found it difficult to start. Well, not anymore, but I used to find it difficult to start. Jump in. Just say, hey, you know Jesus? Or, hey, um, you know, you ever been to church? Or say something. I mean, just say something. And be led of the Lord. You will be surprised how people... I did not expect this guy to open up all of that. But when he began to open up, God began to give me more. About, God began to bring things to my remembrance. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, to bring things to your remembrance. And after a while, you'll be sharing stuff and stuff you didn't even know you knew that stuff. And you'll be like, I didn't even know I knew that stuff. Wow, I do know something about the Bible. I have been listening. I've been trying to stay awake when Pastor Rodney's preaching. I didn't even know I knew that stuff. So God wants to do that, but you need to remain flexible, as Paul was flexible. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.